where did you go from there? What were it come were you like, this is step one, we're just getting started, yeah. or were you kind of like, and I'm done, I'm gonna walk away from the book world now? How did the yeah. next book kind of come about? It kind of um Yeah, there are two roads. I was thinking one, the great thing about uh these hiking guide books is that if if they do well, you can write more you can write multiple editions because they need to be updated. Um so I knew that that the publisher had already talked about doing a second edition of 100 of hikes in a few years. So I knew that was going on. And then, and then, but then immediately I didn't really have anything, but I was having, uh, I was having dinner with a, another author friend of mine. Um, his name's uh, Travis Lupick and he writes books about uh, harm reduction. So he, he wrote fighting for space and he's got a new book uh, light up the night um, out now uh, about harm reduction efforts in, in the States. Um, and, um, he was talking about how he was getting his next book proposal ready because we've had books out around the same time. I was like, next book proposal? What are you talking about? And you got to strike while I am taught your book side. You got to, and I was like, oh, and I went home and emailed to my, emailed my publisher right away. And, um, uh, and then they, they came back with the destination. I think I had proposed like a, a different kind of book, but they came back and were like, destination hikes. That's what you should write. And I was like, that sounds pretty good and then it grew on me and and we, we ended up um talking through the idea and and ended up yeah ended up writing this book which uh, was meant to kind of highlight these special places um and uh you know swimming holes mountain peaks waterfalls and and more and uh i was pretty able pretty much able to interpret that how i wanted to and what i liked about this book is i got to write uh more in depth there's there's more photos um so I was really able to, because I had less of a format established on it, because um, the previous book needed to follow kind of the 103 hikes um, rubric. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was able to do it more how I wanted, and it, um, yeah, I really like how it it turned out. So philosophically, how would you say that they differ? Because it sounds like the hiking one is more about the experience of these hikes, yeah. but destination hike sounds like it's more about the where you're going and you're going to see yeah. this waterfall. So how did that kind of change philosophically? Philosophically, though, there isn't that much difference between them okay. because I'm not really all about the destination totally. So it it the destination is kind of like the draw, like I'm pointing out that there might be a old growth tree like halfway through the hike or there's a waterfall at the end or a huge view but but really i'm i'm trying to like i'm making sure to focus a bit on those but philosophically i'm still trying to just talk about uh the nature and culture of the area and get a little more in depth in that and it's definitely has the same uh i think it's the same philosophy just you know more expressed in the in, in the second book and how did you go about, was it the same kind of organic process to choose the locations? Yeah. Or was there something about yeah. certain places where you're like, well, this waterfall is like phenomenal. And so people have got to go check this out. Definitely that part, the destinations part did influence some of the choices. I was like, yeah, there's some waterfalls I really want to get in. I want to get in some great peaks. I want to get in some swimming holes. And so, um, and I also put like, um, you know, I wanted to get in areas of historical interest, areas of geological interest. So I was able to kind of tailor it how I wanted. Wildflower meadows. Um, so that definitely affected the choices. Um, but really I was basically doing, it's an excuse to write about 55 uh, more great hikes that, and I didn't want to duplicate anything in the other book. So they're all different. No way. Hikes. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, 
yeah, it was kind of an excuse to write one more fix. Oh my gosh. And so how long did you have for that height or for, sorry, for that book? Um, you said two years. Yeah, for the I had, one. I had two years. So like it ends up being a three year process, but it's really two years of hiking right. you have for the books. Yeah. And uh, what was neat, what, what was neat about that book is, is that, um, m- most of the hikes were actually new to me because, uh, I, I had to put like all my knowledge into the first book. Right. So, uh, I had to do a lot more hikes that I hadn't done before for the second book. Um, so that was, that was really neat. I, I love, I love how writing about the books makes you get out and try new places. And it sounds like learn and educate yourself. Yeah. And I think that that's where I, I think we're so lucky to have individuals like yourself. Like I, I think of the disconnect that I see taking place for so many between the environment yeah. and like their work or living in yeah. the city. And they, they're, yeah. we're seeing a larger disconnect over time. And that worries me. And when we have people like yourself who are willing to lay out so many different aspects, the ethics, the indigenous background, the history, the geography, the um, beauty and kind of the functions of these ecosystems, I think that that sets, we're, we're just lucky to have individuals like yourself to, to share this information with people so that they can feel inspired again. Because I don't know, growing up, I didn't feel like I had this deep relationship with the environment. Environment. And then yeah. when you start learning about how people used to walk this a thousand years ago yeah. or a hundred years ago, and you start to realize that the, yeah. this has been used by other people and it's been relied on, and yeah. these ecosystems have supported humans for long before you were born, yeah. and they'll be here long after yeah. you're gone. You have a deeper relationship. Yeah, it's, that's that's the thing. I like, guess really, the more I learn, the more incredible it is. Um, you know, I mean, Canada's only been around since like what 1867, right? Um, but these areas were hiking in. Um, a lot of them are sacred, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been they've been used for millennia. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, the more you learn, the more you realize just how many of these lakes and mountains are actually like sacred to people. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's even more important to be responsible and to um, uh, make people aware of, of those connections. Yeah. Yeah, and I think of like for indigenous people, we had the Ulican trails, and then those mm. slowly turned into the um, the fur trading trails. Yeah. Um, but there are these long-standing relationships with yeah. these yeah. communities, with these areas that connected people. Yeah. That people were willing to walk for yeah. long distances, thousands of kilometers to connect. And when you do it, yeah. it's like I can't imagine how much work that is. But you think of indigenous people like. 500 years ago, 1,000 years yeah. ago, they were doing this to yeah. trade and as yeah. systems of um, negotiation between yeah. different communities. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think that we we keep that in our minds of like, people were able to use these trails in these areas yeah. for long periods. Um, they found ways to remember it. Like I interviewed Sonny McKelsey yeah. and uh, yeah. he talks about the place names and why Chiam or Chiam is uh, called that because it's, uh, it stands for wild strawberries. And so uh, yeah. uh, it's called, it's supposed to be, I think he said, La Chiam and it's supposed to be always wild strawberries. Yeah. And so you see that there's this mm. deep understanding. And when he describes um, some of the place names and why they're called this, yeah. he goes through and he explains like this is the why we have a story about it and it's it's how we before we had maps this is how we remembered where to go and we have these stories of why there are scratch marks here and why there are um like trees set up in this way and why this mountain looks like this and and we have all these stories to remember it because we didn't have anything written down we relied on stories about the geography and i think that it's so beautiful when individuals like yourself are willing to share this yeah, it's amazing to hear um, like Sonny McCalsey or others 
talk about that because yeah, it's like the stories are inscribed on the land and and they they say so much about the people in place that these uh colonial names don't really say much um about the place usually um especially the ones that are named after people people and dead people in Europe um so it's yeah it's it's incredible um yeah i yes Sonny McCallsey like hearing his uh had a chance to to be in a webinar with him and to hear him talk about uh some of the the places out here was uh incredible yeah so what is your journey like to let's get into destination hikes now yeah. what is your journey to get that information that aspect yeah. of it do you have to go read books do you uh, try and connect with individuals who live yeah. in the area what is that process it's it's more um yeah it's more reading um i mean i'm just writing a hiking book i don't want to impose upon people <laughs> um but yeah so the, the, i'm i'm basically taking publicly available material um and um also trying not to tell stories that are mine so I'm not going deep into you know these telling these stories, um, but yeah, mostly focused on uh, sharing um, indigenous place names and also like indigenous like land use um, designations. So it's reading First Nations land use plans, looking at their environmental assessment submissions, um, reading um, some anthropological and archaeological materials. Uh, language dictionaries, um, maps, and um, yeah, it's kind of it's there's a lot of delving in the material. And definitely in the beginning, it was mostly reading uh, environmental assessment submissions. It's amazing how much material is in those things, but it's it's definitely hard to look through. There's a lot, uh, but there's it's amazing that since like 105 hikes, I would say a lot of the the basis for the cultural information is from these like legal submissions and um it's amazing that when working on destination hikes and now working on best hikes uh, in nature walks with kids it's amazing how much more is published uh out there there's more first nations and organizations have interactive maps um there's more there's more um there's more thesis there's more um you know academic papers and uh there's more uh, interpretive panels um so there's there's so much more activity going on in that area which is amazing to see. 